If you want to pump your body and expand your mind, there's only one place to go. Mind Pump. Mind Pump. With your hosts, Sal Stefano, Adam Schaefer, and Justin Andrews. You just found the most downloaded fitness, health, and entertainment podcast ever. This is Mind Pump. Right in today's episode, we answered listeners' questions, but this was after a 55-minute intro portion. That's where we talk about current events, family life, scientific studies, and much more. If you want to skip around your favorite parts, check the show notes. We have timestamps there. Also, if you want to ask us a question that we might pick for an episode like this one, go to Instagram at Mind Pump Media. That's where you can post your question. Now, this episode is brought to you by some sponsors. The first one is Juve. They make red light therapy like the ones you see in studies that have been shown to regrow hair, reduce wrinkles, speed up muscle recovery, raise testosterone, and more. Stuff is legit. It actually works. The studies date as far back as the 1970s. Go check them out. Go to juve.com. That's J-O-O-V-V.com forward slash mind pump. Use the code mind pump and get $50 off your purchase. This episode is also brought to you by ButcherBox. They deliver grass-fed meats, wild-caught fish, heritage pork, and more to your door. If you like protein sources that are healthy, clean, that are raised uh, in good conditions, go with ButcherBox. Also save some money. In fact, if you go to butcherbox.com forward slash mind pump, you'll get a free turkey in your box and $20 off. We also have a sale this month. MAPS Resistance. This is our beginner strength training program. It's half off. And MAPS Prime Pro. This is a correctional exercise program. This is good to alleviate pain, improve mobility, give you better ranges of motion. If your shoulder hurts you when you bench press or your knee hurts you when you squat, for example, Prime Pro will help you fix those things. That's also 50% off. If you want either one or both, go to mapsfitnessproducts.com and then use the code NOVEMBER50 for the 50% off discount. All right, here comes the show. Look, the body is far more mysterious than a lot of experts will lead you to believe. Look, hormones have an influence. So do the calories that you eat. So do the macros. Your mental health affects your physical health. Your physical health affects your mental health. Your gut health is connected to your brain health. The way you walk affects your posture, which can affect your mental health, which can affect the rest of your health. All right, what am I saying? It's way more mysterious than people will lead you to believe. So when you see an influencer or a medical expert say things like, pound of muscle only burns this many calories, or it's all about insulin, or it's all about calorie deficit. They're all kind of right, and they're all kind of wrong. It's all important. All of it's important. By the way, mindset. Mindset also plays an important role and has a strong influence. In other words, two identical people in all ways will have very different experiences and results because their mindsets may be different. Okay, so pay attention there's answers out there, but they all are connected. It's much more mysterious than you think. Respect the process. This is the only way to get there uh, long-term. It's the only way to maintain good health and fitness. Am I the only one that was seeing the children's, the knee bones connected to the know, right? hip? But it it uh, sounded like you were going to bust out. You know song. what made me uh, talk about this? <clears throat> Besides the annoyance I, I get song. with the uh, the people that are like, well, oh, if your if your gut microbiome is off, then this is happening, and then someone else says, no, it's this that's happening, and no, it's the brain, no, it's the body, no, it's the. They all annoy me because it's it's the interplay between all of it, um, and we have to respect the complexity of the human body, the human mind, the human psyche, um, social relations. We have to respect all this stuff. Otherwise, we're always going to be chasing these ghosts. We're always going to be chasing this one thing. It's not one thing. Mm -hmm. It's all the things. But here's what reminded me of just how complex the body is. I'm going to bring up this 
interesting. Um, I'm going to bring up. I read an article and I had to. I pulled out uh, an excerpt from the article. So this is about uh, how certain types of radiation affect the body. Okay. So um, Hungarian physician and professor Andre Mester first used low-level laser laser therapy in 1967 while studying how cancer cells react to radiation exposure. For his mouse studies, he would shave the mice before doing surgery. While it wasn't the goal of his research, I love this when this happens with studies where they find other discoveries because mm. they weren't looking for them, right? While it wasn't the goal of his research, he noticed that the mice who had gotten laser therapy at the site of the surgery had their hair grow up, grow back faster and their wounds heal quicker than the other mice who, had, who hadn't had laser exposure. Now, this is talking about um, red light therapy. Okay, so we know that the cells are affected by what we eat, <coughs> by hormones, by the obvious stuff. Light? You mean light can make a cell react and act in a different way besides the fact that our skin tans with the sun and all that stuff? Mm -hmm. Yes, as far back as 1967, this blew people's minds. So like, you know, we work with Jew, for example. You're shining a, a certain wavelength of light on your body and it's been shown to proven since as far back as the 19, late 60s to make hair grow back faster, skin rejuvenate, accelerate wound healing, and, uh, you know, speed up recovery. We know it raises testosterone, all these different things. Uh, it's just, it's so mysterious. There's so many things that play a role. Uh, then there's other studies that show, like, like I talked about mindset. You know, they've done studies on mindset where they'll have people, prayer. Prayer has been shown to speed up recovery and healing, uh -huh. like objectively in people. Um so it's like, you know, to all those people out there that think it's like this thing or that thing and no, that can't be happening or whatever. And, and they counter the observations that coaches, because coaches, I think, are the best people to witness this because a coach, like a fitness or health coach is really good. They are looking at everything and they're noticing things and they're like, okay, this is weird, but here's what I noticed when this happens. And yes, I know you're doing everything right, but your mindset is off. That's why mm -hmm. it's not going to work. Then you get the scientists and the science people are like, no, no, it should all work. It's way more mysterious than we think. We need to respect that. We need to respect it and understand yeah. it all plays. It all plays. All we get taught is like the reductionist approach yes. of like how we can just use this one uh, targeted pharmaceutical or one targeted therapy uh, to address like a much more complicated issue. And it's like if that has to be part of the conversation is is how you're mentally um, dealing with this as well. And like the mindset towards uh, healing and doing things actively uh, that promote uh, your body's overall healing and getting sun exposure and getting this kind of, this, this is all part of our environment. And yep. to dismiss that is to not be honest. What was the, the study originally for? Uh, for <coughs> seeing how radiation affects cancer cells. And he's like, oh, wow, this particular laser or type of wavelength, which we now refer to as red red light therapy, yeah, made them heal faster and grow their hair back faster. And then in the 1970s, he used it on patients uh, to heal <coughs> ulcers on the skin that wouldn't heal. So people had, and it worked. I, I imagine yeah. that in order for it, when you're not looking for that, and in order for it to, to see that, it had to have been... A, a drastic difference, right? Yeah, You're not even researching yeah, that. He, why would you even notice Right, it? you just notice like on these on these mice, like, whoa, what's going on here? These are, the hair's growing back super fast. Yes. It's, I mean, it had to have been pretty alarming of a because it was just a subtle difference. You wouldn't notice because now you you're would, looking. Yeah, you're not looking for that. I know. So that's kind of interesting the, when you think about it. The other thing that's interesting, you remember when I told you guys, when I first got into marijuana, one of the things that was most fascinating to me was 
the, the similarities to to making a healthy plant. Oh, to a healthy yeah. human. Yeah, and I just. <laughs> I just can't help but think about all that stuff like that. Living organisms, and so are we. I know and yeah. water and sunlight are yeah. obviously a massive part of the health of a plant, and to think that we're that much further off. Have you, you seen know? the studies on plants and uh, people's energy around plants? Like yeah, like being angry. Or there's happy. a reason. There's a reason why people <laughs> sing or play it, yeah. music for their plants and stuff like that too. So I just, I don't know. I, I really geeked out on that when I first started reading the, the science around you know uh, that the they, plant that they put. There's v- levels of weird people, dude. Right? The, yeah. the, the <laughs> plant people that like play music to them and talk to plants. Yeah. Versus I mean, I, so okay. Uh, I also feel like a, the the type of energy it puts off. Like I notice a difference when uh, I've I've had houses and stuff where I have like no greenery, mm-hmm. and then like uh, like our like recently this this place where we're at now the we we did a lot of like real live green plants in like our yeah. California room so that. And I swear to God, I just you if, if yeah. it puts off a different vibe and totally. energy, you know what I'm yeah. saying? Like, and I, obviously we know the 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 oxygen and stuff like that that's coming from that, but it's just like there's it just you, you could, could pump it, oxygen into your AC and it wouldn't do the same thing. That's yeah. what I mean. Like it's just it's it what feels about, better. Yeah, the same. We we put plants all over our houses. We can't help it, but bring the outside in and obviously a controlled well, way. I mean, the obvious thing is that we evolved with these things, so it's an a. It's like running water. Like yeah. why do we relax to this? It's oh, noise. It's noise. I will play waves or running water and my kids fall asleep faster and so yep. do I. Play any other noise like that and you're not going to go to sleep. Yeah. It's in fact it's noisy. Turn it off. I need it to be silent. No. It's so it's it's uh, it, look, what's funny to me is you'll have these people, sometimes I'll get in discussions online with um people who are talking about studies and they just like they get just so myopic. Mm-hmm. And I'll ask them I say, "Well, what about the placebo effect?" Well, what do you mean? I'm like, "The placebo <laughs> effect is so uh, significant. Yeah. Okay. That we Very have to, substantial. we literally in science, objective science. Okay. We have to account for it. Yeah. You have to account for the placebo effect and the nocebo, nocebo effect, effect as well, because they actually have an effect. People will feel less pain. People's illnesses will go away. Uh, like all kinds of different things. And then the argument is, well, they didn't really have those issues to begin with then. Cause it was all in the mind. What is the difference? Yeah. yeah. What's the difference? And also you can foster, you know, that, that kind of effect if you're focused on the right mindset. It's they're looking at the wrong thing. It's like whether you believe something is happening to you and you, so you feel it, or it's something is happening to you and you feel it. What's the difference from the experiential standpoint of that person? um, If that's actually the case, I don't think so. I think what you think and what you perceive affects all of the physiological. And I don't just think this There's lots of data to support this. I think it affects your immune system. Mm-hmm. Did you know that people can focus negative thoughts on a part of their body and they will identify uh, immune reactions there? Like pro-inflammatory markers will go to that area because why would your immune system evolve completely separate from your perception? That would make no sense. Yeah. It would make no sense because wouldn't it make sense for your immune system to react to what you see? Oh, crap. Something's on my foot. Okay, right. let's go over there. And so negative self Thought, self-talk. The nervous system's giving us feedback all the time to our brain of right. what's going on. That's I right. mean, everybody has to experience this at least once in their life where they've cut themselves or stubbed their foot or something. Like that. And until you looked at it, it wasn't that bad. Yeah. And then you look at it and then all of a sudden you feel all the pain. I think it's fascinating. Dude, talk to doctors or nurses who work with kids who have surgery. I would <laughs> I I trained a, you know a couple surgeons and they were like, oh, dude, they go, it's so funny. Yeah. We'll give a kid. The same surgery you give an adult 
and we literally have to like tape the kid down afterwards because yeah. they want to get up and run around. They don't feel it. And then the jump. adult's like, I need to take two months <laughs> off work. Yeah. I need all the <laughs> pain meds that you can get. And, he's, and they literally explain it like the little kid doesn't know yeah. that they're supposed to be. They should and, react in a negative way. Yeah, yeah. you know, I'm sure we didn't, Courtney probably remarked. She's she said that, about that most of the time. Yeah, she's a pediatric nurse, so yeah, half the time, like you said, it was like trying to keep them like resting in bed, and like they just want to get up and go, and yeah, you know, unless they're told otherwise, they like I feel fine, and they just want to get up. I, and I get actually after attribute it. that to like one of the reasons why Max is like so calm when he's sick or has hurt himself is because we were really he's learned. We were really yeah. cognizant to not ever overreact over these situations. And so in those moments, like he literally, this is how cool this just happened the other day. He got, uh, he got car sick or something and, and he had to throw up and he's just like, mommy, I, I, my tummy doesn't feel good. And then she leans back. She's like, do you need to throw up? I think so. She like literally hands him his, opens up his lunch pail and stuff like that. And he like literally like throws up in it and then just hands it back to her. Like it was no big deal. <laughs> Because we've acted that yeah. way since the very beginning with him. We never like, oh my God, or freaked out yeah. over it. And so it's like, it's okay, honey, get it out. You'll be all right. You'll feel better once you get it out. We've talked to him. It's through so the, obvious with children. Because it is. Because they're learning you, it. Yeah, you yeah. see it. It's like, wow. We And then same thing if he's fallen down or something has happened. It's just like, let yeah. me see. Is it okay? Okay. Yeah. Let me. Okay. Well, I mean, you know, so there's this uh, child raising expert that uh, Dr. Becky, I've talked about her, and she talks about how children co regulate and they learn how to regulate. And she gave this example. I thought it was beautiful. She says, imagine you're on a plane and you feel tons of turbulence. You look out the window, looks like there's smoke. What's going on? And the pilot gets on and he's super calm. Hey, everybody, a little bit of turbulence. Everything's totally fine. We're going to be, it's like, now imagine if he's like, okay, everybody, put your seatbelt on, grab your mat. Like how different oh, of a yeah. reaction you would have depending on what the pilot is doing, right? That's with, you know, that's, that's kind of what happens with kids when they regulate with you. So I, I mean, I tell you what, imagine, this is going to get controversial, but imagine if we got no news, no hype, oh, no yeah. nothing around COVID. Yeah. Oh, I, I imagine if COVID immediately my brain was going there. Yeah. I'm glad you did. Yeah. Imagine if COVID happened, mm -hmm. right? And so people are getting sick. We, imagine if it happened. It's hap still happening. Yeah. Yeah. So mm -hmm. let's be honest. Like yeah. our reaction is completely different now versus the very beginning of it. Yeah. But nobody's like you know having hysteria over it. No, yeah. no. But I mean, I mean, again, imagine if it He's happened. Living with it. Everybody be like, oh my god, this is a really bad cold season or flu season. That's yeah. probably the extent. It, dude, it's I don't even reaction that. Yeah. I really don't. I, I really don't. I think if we didn't have internet and social media, like that's part of like what all that news traveled. You know, what I'm saying so fast that, and then everybody was alarmed by it. Then the news was just you know pouring you know gasoline on the fire already. Well, meanwhile. We have people, uh, you know, still arguing, debating over the anabolic window. Uh, oh, I saw that article. <laughs> you know, it's so funny. I love our forum. You know what I'm saying? Like, it, th my favorite part about it is, like, I feel those are our, obviously our listeners that listen. Because that's like, what matters. Yeah, they, they, they listen the most. And I think one of the their favorite thing to do is to get a, a gotcha moment. Like, mm. oh, yeah. Man, I heard the guy saying that. Oh no! Hey. Oh no! A few people. I, you yeah, guys I didn't mean, read this uh, science. Hey. Oh, okay, let enlighten me, please. Hey, hey, hey! hey listen, <laughs> we're like transcribing everyone on our podcast <laughs> and just like you know highlighting things. Uh, I'm gonna talk to our, our forum right now. Uh, it hasn't happened yet, guys. Yeah, okay. yeah. Hey, it yeah. might happen. Yeah, it just hasn't happened yet. Yeah, so the article that they sent was. <laughs> I'll I'll talk about it. So stupid. It's uh, well. What, first, I haven't read it yet. So yeah, just break it down. So what? First of all, it was we we talked recently in a in an episode. About about just the uh, you know idea of catching this anabolic window, unless you're uh, training again later in the evening or this athlete or a very special condition, it's really ridiculous to even 
focus or worry on that. Yeah. It's like so, it's so it's an article by a doctor, Doctor Stacy Sims. Um, must and, be true that it's a doctor. Yeah. Well, so okay. Yeah. Here's the point that she makes, and then she goes off the deep end. And then she jumps the shark. So sorry, Doctor Stacy, you jumped the shark here. But she says, look. There's a 2019 survey. First of all, it's a survey. But I all agree with the survey because then she talks about what it is, and it's my experience too. So a 2019 survey of 1,000 female athletes across more than 40 sports published in the British Journal of Sports Medicine estimates that the, that the risk of low energy availability in women athletes is more than 47%. Okay, so first off, surveys are very inaccurate. However, also, I will agree with this. That. Yes, I will agree with this. A large percentage, significant, not a majority, but here it's almost half, and I would agree with this, a, a large, significant percentage of female athletes tends to overeat. They tend to overeat. This is my experience with female athletes as well. Part of it has to do with some of the sports that women compete in that are typically popular among female athletes tend to be, they tend to get be criticized by their appearance, like swimming and gymnastics. You're saying overeat, you meant under. Undereat, sorry. Yeah, under. Oh, under. Okay. Sorry. Yeah, I was like, no, my bad. Under, they tend yeah, to under eat. Thanks right. for the correction. Under eat is yeah, yes. yeah. under eat, and that's, that's it. By the way, that's common. I mean, without even going further, yeah, like that's we've said this so many times. Especially proteins, How many times yeah. on the podcast have I said I've never trained a female client who wasn't that was getting enough adequate protein? Yeah, they're always under consuming yeah. protein. They've always been on uh, these diets up and down. They were there, and yeah. I always have to rebuild the metabolism. It's the first thing I have yes. to do with yes. every. So, but that's just that's everyone, yeah. and then it's you go into the cultural. Then you issue. go into athletes who are performing at extreme levels, so training extreme more levels, calories, and they still hard. have the Their same- demands are even higher. They have the same pressures, though, to fit in a box and look a certain way. Yes. Yep. Body image stuff is still there. It's so, not more when you're an athlete. So, yeah, let's really talk Especially about where athlete. this comes from. Yeah, so so thanks for correcting me. So a good significant percentage under eat. I agree with the survey. That's my experience. You guys also have yeah. the same experience. Yeah. Okay. So then she's Water's like, that's well. bad for your health and performance. So that's why I try to tell people or women to eat- post-workout. Now, for the sake of getting more calories from a behavioral standpoint, structurally, I I, get, I mean, that's good. Sure. Like, well, hey, you've heard me say Yeah, this, you yeah. under-eat a lot. Hey, let's take advantage and just let's try to time some a meal after you work out too and before. And because you tie it to the workout, athletes are more likely to stick to it because they're consistent with the workouts. Mm -hmm. So let's have you eat something before, something after. And so you're more likely to get a female athlete to eat adequately. I agree with that. But then she goes on to talk about the recovery window and insulin and progesterone and it's your hormones. No, that's not why, Dr. Stacy, at all. The, the, the data on post-workout nutrition is very clear. It's beneficial when the athlete's going to work out again shortly afterwards in order to replenish energy stores. It's also beneficial before a workout when they're training for prolonged periods of time. Right. So if they're doing like an hour plus- Long bouts of intense uh, yes, exercise. Then it makes sense. Otherwise, it's splitting hairs at most, and it's really not something to focus on. It's it, rather than versus focusing on total calories, total intake, and in some cases, it's not good. If you have gut issues, which I'm going to also say a good significant percentage of female athletes suffer from, I bet you 30% or more of fe hardcore female athletes have gut issues. Mm -hmm. The worst time to eat is right after you work out when you're already inflamed. You're going to encourage more potential for things like leaky gut or what's known as intestinal wall hyperpermeability. In those cases, I would say, do not eat. Wait till your body calms down, maybe an hour or two later, and then eat. So that's the thing. But she tries to go on the hormone thing and insulin drives, like straight up bro science stuff. Insulin drives amino acids and glucose and take advantage of the insulin and 
progesterone and the female athlete is somehow special and different than the male athlete. Therefore, no, 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 no. It's the wrong thing. But in order to get more calories, yes, I agree with that. Makes I mean, that's, that's the issue. How, how many times have I said that to you guys? Yeah. There was a, when I was training, okay, to compete and I had to eat 5,000 calories a day, one of the hacks for me was literally eating at the gym before I left. And then yeah. as soon as I got home and showered, yeah. I ate again. Yeah. And it wasn't because more I was meals trying to- makes more uh, It had nothing to yeah. do with the bro science around catching just the anabolic window. It was just that I needed to train myself to eat as much as I possibly could yeah. because I knew I was under eating for the amount of muscle that I needed to sustain on my body. Mm -hmm. Therefore, timing a meal right after my workout made a lot of sense because then I could basically squeeze two meals within an hour, hour time, which was difficult for me to do. So that's where it makes sense. That makes a lot of sense for a female who already tend to, tend to under eat- and under don't get enough nutrients, protein also. You just need another time to eat. Yes. Yeah. That's that's yeah. the real value. Yeah, that's in this. where it but, stops. By the way, I almost never recommend somebody eat or take a shake right before they go to bed, except for this category of people. Sometimes that's like the only way we can get extra calories. Have a shake right before you go to bed. Yeah. You know, and people and people also need to realize like this is that these types of articles are the articles that go the most viral because we're yeah. always looking for ways to explain why you're different and why it's not working for you yeah. and it's working for someone else. Yeah. And it, people yeah. glom on yeah. to that because it's like, I knew there was a reason why, yeah. you know, and this, those guys are telling me I don't need Age to do this. Age or gender or whatever. Yes. It's, like, oh, it's like, dude, you guys have to understand. This is why. Well, here's what happens. A female athlete will read that article. They will add an extra meal now that it's post-workout. And then they're going to be like, oh my God. Get benefits. because I feel so much better. Right. Exactly. I feel so much it's because I ate the meal post-workout. Yeah. No, it's because you bumped your calories. You increased your protein intake. Yeah, That's take what the, take, yep. take, uh, 10, of, 10 of these women that are under under eating, give them the, the timing of the anabolic window, a 300-calorie, say, meal, and then another group, okay, control group, that has the same 300-calorie meal, but they have it at nighttime before they go to bed, guarantee they'll same. report the same yeah. like benefits. They'll be they'll build the same amount of muscle. They'll feel just as good in their athletic performance. They'll sleep the same. I mean, everything will be the same. They will not be able to tell the difference. And literally, what it is is the three hundred calorie boost in their diet, yes. the nutrients their body is starving of because they're overtraining, under eating, and now they're feeding it. This better, is why. So. This is how when things get nuanced, and if you don't look deeper, then it looks like it confirms, it, it, you know, something else, right? Like it, it looks like it would confirm the post-workout anabolic recovery window. But in fact, what it is, is you just weren't eating enough and now you're just eating more. And that's that. And, I mean, and, yep. and then to take it one step further, okay, let's pretend it was even rooted in some good science and not bro science, okay? It still isn't one of the big rocks. It's There's still so many other things that I'm telling my client that is stalled their results or or they're having trouble with performance inside their, their sport that I'm probably going to address before I go, oh, wait, you didn't get that 30 minutes after your workout? Like, oh, that's the missing link right now. It's like, no, there's so many other things. Do you remember that, when you guys believed that? Yes. Yeah. I, I yes, literally, if course. I worked out and God forbid. It's half the reason well, why I think like, we're, yeah, they have shakes just lying By the way, that's already, how the audience yeah. has to know that, right? Half the reason why we're so passionate about shitting on it is because we fell for it too. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. So I get it. I get marketing. I get it. You guys, like we all, we all thought the same thing too for a really long time. I used to feel like my workout was a waste. And so to think, eat right to after. think that we didn't mm -hmm. do like a deep investigation on it to try and prove our point right when we were doing it forever is crazy. Yeah. It's like, and there, by the way, there's a lot of studies on this specific topic, a lot. 
Um, yeah. and it's very clear. It was very clear now that it's, it's, it's bro science. Again, unless you're going to work out a couple hours later and you need well, extra energy. Then it goes back to what we always talk about, which it, it really is the individual person, of course. not the sex. Of course. It's not because it's a guy or a girl. I'll, the same, uh, you know, the same athlete, uh, I could show you would suffer from the same things. It's a male, yeah. a, a male that is under eating like crazy over training, yeah. And I add a meal 30 minutes after their workout that's an additional meal that they were already eating. We'll see great benefits, yep. male or female. Yep, doesn't yep. matter. I know. I know. Good time. All right. Yeah. Uh, I got to tell you guys something. This just the sweetest thing that uh, my little baby daughter does now. So you guys know how I feed her in the middle of the night. So she'll you know start to pipe up or whatever. I'll get the bottle, give it to her. She started doing this thing now where it's the cutest. And I just realized, I figured out what she was doing. So I would I'd pick her up. And she's kind of fussy or whatever because she's hungry. Then I'll start to give her the bottle and she would take her little hand and she would kind of like, you know, put a little chubby fingers in the air and kind of do this type of thing. And then I realized what it was is she was trying to reach because it's dark. The room's pitch black. Okay. To reach your face. She's trying to touch my face yeah, yeah, that's great. and feel my beard. Yeah. So what's happened now a few times is I feel her hand going up. Yeah. I move my hand down. Yeah, she sure. goes like this on my beard. And then she puts her hand down and she totally relaxes. I'm like, mm. oh, my little I girl. Love, She's I trying love. to see Great. if it's me. I, I wonder when that's going to. She's going to try uh, to grab your little nipple. No. <laughs> <laughs> wrong one. Yeah, Rex does that. He's got hair on it. He's infatuated with nipples. Yeah, I, I, I love it. He still hasn't grown out of that. It's like, <laughs> the, fun, it's like the funniest thing <laughs> hey, ever. Hey, really? That's that I always like, oh, stop that. Don't do that to dad. You know what I'm saying? Don't do that. He'll do that to Jessica. But I love, I love, I love the face thing. And I like to tell Katrina and I talk about all the time. I'm like, I wonder how long that'll last. Like, I mean, he's, he's, four years old he still does it like it's in fact i'll share with the youtube guys that when they do the, the editing on this because we just did the pumpkin patch yesterday and there's a, a picture and in the picture max is reaching up and touching mom's face in my face oh like that's his thing like when we, so yeah when we do stuff like that like he does that and i'm like oh my god dude i like dude, I, I my, when i'm gonna lose that my uh three-year-old he's almost gonna turn three soon he is so much boy energy, rascal energy. <laughs> oh, bro, he's God, already hitting bro. underhand pitches. You throw him. That's crazy, to me. bro. Hey, I swear, to, I, 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 I swear yeah. to God, I watched you. Threw him. I swear man. to God, three or four out of ten pitches. Yeah, bro, you're, you're he'll gonna have connect. A, you're gonna have you an go, athlete, dude. dude. Well, so I don't hilarious. know. I'm like, huh? Okay. For sure, you can take after dad. Yeah, no, you're for sure gonna have an. <laughs> athlete, he smacks it, but anyway, he's such a rascal. Like. Today, I, you know, I, we, Jessica and I now are working out in the morning. It's great. And then sometimes I have time. There's a Starbucks like two blocks away and I'll drive there to pick up, uh, you know, a drink for Jessica and maybe I'll get myself something or whatever. So he gets in the car. I put him in. It's early in the morning. He's in his little pajamas or whatever. And he grabs my hand and he brings it closer to him. And I'm like, oh, he's going to, he's going to kiss daddy's hand. Nope. He brought his hand, he brought my hand closer so he could sneeze on it. Achoo. <laughs> and I'm like, why dude? And then this is what he does. He goes. Why? Why did I bless you on you? He's called sneezing. Bless you. Uh -huh. Why did I bless you on you? <laughs> why, why, like he always, does, he'll do something. He'll be like, "Why did I do that?" Huh? He's trying to get you to like the fucker. He 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 fart bombs his mom. What, dude? She'll sit. She sit. This happened the other day. She's sitting down on the floor. Okay, and he's running. He's just running. Okay, he's running, just letting out energy, going crazy, banging into doors, just going nuts. Right, and then he just randomly runs up to his mom. While like half, like as he gets closer, he spins around and like butt bombs her, right? <laughs> and he, it looks like he's just trying to jump on her. Yeah. No, 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 to fart. Oh my yeah. God. He turns around, lands on her, and then he gets up and he's like, why did I fart on you? And then he runs away. 
And I'm like, and then she's angry, right? Because he fought on her. So I'm like, do I laugh and get the, do yeah. I get the heat you know, from her? And I act like I'm like appalled, you know? Like, like, God, it's the new, so crazy. The new thing that Max is doing right now. So, you know, Katrina actually was last night was just like, you know, you got to be the bad guy sometimes too. I'm always the bad person who's like telling him, no, he can't have yeah. something or do something, you know? And so he's now learning like, and she'll default and go like, go ask your dad. I don't care if it's up to your dad, go ask your dad. And so- Puts you on the spot. Yeah, right. So we've- <laughs> Do you play the game? And you say I, yes I, well, there's times where I don't know she's doing that. And then I say, well, what did your mom say? You know, and then it's in, and he's playing this back and forth. And so he's piecing this together that mom and dad do that. So he'll do something where- He'll go, He's and he's learning that, like, you know, if, if I ask mom and then she defaults to dad, I can normally get away with it. Like, dad will let me do it or whatever like that. And so he'll go over, and I, this happened I, just last night, and I I could hear him. He's, like, just in the other room, and I'm sitting on the couch, and he's asking her asking her to do something, like play a game on his iPad or something like that. And and Katrina goes, you know, go ask your dad. And she's like, shh. He goes, shh, don't say, don't talk. Don't talk because he doesn't want her to communicate to me. <laughs> he doesn't want her. And then he comes over. The message. Then he comes over. Yeah, he doesn't want me. So I don't mess with my. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Don't don't mess with it. <laughs> and I'm and I'm just like, well, what did your mom say? And then he just doesn't listen to me. Like, what can I? Can I, Dad? Can I? And I'm like, what did your mom say? Can I, Dad? Can I? Like, he's deaf hearing. Yeah, he's totally deaf hearing. Right? <laughs> this little shit, dude. dude he's too so and then he does this thing uh, where he goes, uh, he asks if he can do something, or and then he goes, or not. You know, can I do this or not? <laughs> can i do can i do this or not it's or not son not right oh, now <laughs> God, dude. yeah he he he. my three-year-old loves me telling stories and i will admit i tell amazing stories i tell pretty good stories so i'm telling him stories and uh we tell i told you guys i tell him monster stories now i'm telling because he likes cars so much i'm like how can i teach him about cars because uh, he likes them so much so now i'm telling him these stories of these friends that are cars and they introduce themselves and they'll say things like I'm a BMW. I'm made in Germany and I have a, you know, 4.7 uh, liter oh, engine great. and I have two turbos. What's a turbo, Papa? Well, a turbo and I'll explain them. So little by little. Oh, you know, that's kind of yeah, cool. Teaching him stuff about. Oh, that'll be interesting. Kids. God, yeah. dude, you're going to have the kid who's into cars and sports, dude. What's up know. with that bullshit, <laughs> dude? We'll trade kids every Seriously, once Seriously. That's dude. how it goes. Come though, on, you know dude. That's like, <laughs> I would love, well, I mean, Max does get into like knowing that he knows the names of the cars and stuff like that. And he'll make that comment when I pull up, like, yeah. what, know what car I'm driving and stuff. So he knows that much, but he's not Oh, like dude, I got to tell you guys it. something. My mom, I'm on a thread with my parents and my aunts and then Jessica, right? So my mom sends a picture. This is such a dad thing, by the way. And I think now we can all relate. I'm sure your dads do the same thing. So my dad's sitting in his chair. He's got his own chair. And he's got a pillow up like this. So you can't see him. Okay. So like he's like like blocking his view. And my mom texts us and she goes, he put that pillow up so I know, so I don't know if he falls asleep because he won't let me change the channel if he falls asleep. <laughs> Did your dad ever do that? When we were kids, my dad was watching something. He'd fall asleep. We'd change. He'd wake up. Put yeah. it back. I'm like, like immediately. Yeah. Like you're asleep. Yeah. What the hell's going on? You put it in his pocket. Yeah. So your dad used to put yeah, it in Yeah, just so we could. And then we'd go to the TV and like try and do it on there. And then he'd wake up like immediately once we started messing with it. Like that's it's like a it's like a sixth sense. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Now I'm that like and the that. thermostat. The thermostat, dude. The thermostat oh, is yeah. a funny one. I remember as yeah, a kid, if we went in there and we changed that thermostat one degree down, I swear within I seconds, get it, man. I'm the same. Stepped out would be like, yeah. Who touched the thermostat? Oh. Damn, dude, yeah. hasn't even kicked yeah. on yet. That's, that's, <laughs> yeah. that's so that's so. Funny. Uh. Yeah, my 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 parents were. My dad was like that. My grandparents, boy, were they funny about that. My grandma and grandfather, when we, we used to be over there all the time. And if we, I mean, I swear to God, 
in order for them to turn the heater on, you first had to have three or four layers of clothing on. Otherwise, they're like, forget it. So my grandma, I'd be like, oh, oh it's, no, no, it's really cold. He go, hold on one second. I come right back, and he come back with a jacket. He put it on. Yeah. <laughs> How you feeling now? <laughs> Uh, I guess I'm warm. I'm like I'm in the house wearing a parka, but okay, whatever. No, no. Now you're you you like things warmer. So in your house is is there any thermostat debate at all? Is like or because you like you like a warmer climate, I'm, which I'm, I feel like I'm okay either way. Although, um, so my so again my Aurelius, this is really weird. So at first I thought maybe he's identifying with this, but now I realize that there's something very interesting about the kid. He likes cold so much. I told you guys this, right? He wants the bath water cold. He likes to sleep in almost completely naked with no blanket. And one time I told him, I said, you're a polar bear. And now he says, I'm a polar bear. So I'm like, is he identifying with this? Is he actually like this? Or does he think that it's cool or whatever? No, no, no. Yesterday we were out and we were getting, uh, we got some food. We're over in Willow Glen. You know that water fountain they have out there? Yeah, yeah. Okay. It was cold last night. It started getting cold last night. So it's, it's dropped down to like 50-something degrees. We're eating ice cream. He's in a T-shirt and shorts. Will not let me put anything else on him. He goes over the water fountain and starts playing in the water. We're all covered. In, and I, I told Jessica, I said, I think he legit yeah. has got a cold yeah, tolerance. He runs hot. Yeah, so Jessica keeps the AC on for him. Otherwise, he won't sleep. So freezes yeah. us out, but whatever. Yeah. It's more important. You yeah. got, and you guys aren't, so you guys don't go back and forth on the thermostat. No, because I, it's the kids. I'd, I'd rather have the kids sleep, and so I just deal. And with is it. Cor- does Courtney run hot or she run cold? Oh, she's she's always like bundling up. Like yeah. Uh, I'm, yeah, we're completely opposite. So yeah, any kind of like breeze or anything or like the fan. Like I have to have some movement, you know, of air, and so it's for me, it's like the stuffy. Even if it's like tolerable temperature, I have to have like movement. Yeah, yeah well, you way. two always share a room whenever we travel because yeah. I think you guys both put that yeah. shit on There's cold ice caps. I feel like, well, I, so when I was in Chicago and my roommate at the time, like he's this big, huge dude, right? And he would have the window cracked when even when it was like 20 below. And so it would just come in and I was on the top bunk and so we were bunked up. And so I had to just like, and he would do that in the middle of the night when I didn't know because I would get pissed off and like, you know, Shut hit up. him and, you know, throw shit at him. <laughs> and it was like, to the point where I had just had to acclimate and <laughs> it really like it did a number on me when I came back to California. I was like, just like I had, I had to have like fans. I had to have all this stuff just blowing on me. All the yeah. Time. Both of you yeah. guys are like that. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Doug and I, we share room cause we, we both spoon. Yeah. We like to hug. <laughs> he's, he's a good small spoon. Um, so speaking of sleep, uh, uh, Jackie today sent me this great meta analysis of caffeine uh, and its effects on sleep. And uh, actually some pretty cool information in here. So check this out, okay? If you, so caffeine consumption, so they did a big, they looked at a bunch of studies. This is pretty good. Caffeine consumption reduced total sleep time by 45 minutes and sleep efficiency by 7%. Hmm. So that's just caffeine across the board. What they found was to avoid reductions in total sleep time, coffee should be consumed at least 8.8 hours prior to bedtime. So almost nine hours before. A standard serving of pre-workout, which is about 217 milligrams of caffeine, which is way less than we consume, should be consumed at least 13 hours prior to bedtime. 13 hours. I I noticed this for sure. (laughs) I totally noticed this. Like if I'm... Definitely, if I go past noon with any amount of caffeine, you know it's a difference. It's 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 messing my sleep up. Wow! And even if like like in the morning, sometimes like this, I'll have a couple of these caffeine drinks, and if I have a third one, and it's 
you know, creeping up on noon or whatever like that, it's it's disrupting my sleep for sure. Wow. Yeah. Like I really have to consume it so early. Because caffeine has a half life. Early and moderately. Like if it's a high level, like even early, but a high level yeah. will, I feel like it affect my sleep. It's yeah, like, you should have to, I mean, I always cut it off at like one because I've noticed that like massive effect. But I, I bet you if I cut it off like 12 or 11, it'd probably even be better. I, you know, the Go problem? even crazier. Like yeah. if you really want to feel a difference, test it one time and be like no more past 10. Yeah, and don't you know? You know what's what sucks about this is the withdrawal of caffeine is so terrible and undesirable. It's the worst. It yeah. sucks. Oh yeah. I almost feel like we would have to go on vacation for a week, and the whole idea would be to not have caffeine. Done, that's the only time I've ever even really done it. Yeah. <laughs> it's like it's just not there. So I was like, oh, I guess I'll just not. The do last time this I week. went totally caffeine free, completely, was a long time ago for a while, and I do remember feeling amazing. Yeah. It started, you know, after the initial like week of being an asshole. Right. After the headaches and the yeah. irritation. <laughs> then I felt really good, the, you know? Yeah. And then, yeah. you, and then what happens is then you reintroduce it and dude, it's like the best drug in the it world. It does take it. Dude, so I got to tell you guys, there's this like, uh, was, we went to Sedona and then we came back home and like um, Courtney's parents were kind of watching the place and the kids for us <coughs> and the dogs. Uh, and uh, we, we come out, we're unloading and all this stuff and, and the boys come up to us and they're like, Oh man, like you guys gotta look at Finn, our little dachshund. Uh, you know, there's he got like a cut, he's got something wrong with him. Uh -huh. You know, and we're just like, oh no, like, um, it, what, what I wonder what happened. I wonder if like, you know, Arlo had picked him up or like bit him or like something happened. Uh, and so he was just kind of like leaking in, in blood and stuff. And, and so, you know, we were kind of monitoring it, cleaning it out, like doing like hydrogen peroxide and, and trying to kind of clean it out and um, got a good view of it finally once it was kind of cleaned up. Dude, it was like, it's like a, a hole. And so we're like, is this like a puncture wound? Like, what is this? Yeah. And we Most keep likely. looking at it and I guess like, well, we couldn't really figure it out. It had been a night. Um, we let pass to see if like maybe it was going to heal a bit. And then I'm like, oh no, we got to take it to the, him to the vet. And we started looking it up. Apparently like it looks very similar and we haven't have it confirmed yet, but it looks very similar to a bot fly. Uh, oh, spot like a, like a bot fly. They burrow themselves burrowed in. It looks just like a burrowed hole. Uh, and so what they, like that larva gets in there and like literally eats the like the flesh they have to go in there and cut it out yeah and oh. so you i guess the technique is you like you, they have to get air still because it's like a little living thing and so you just you plug the hole with, with what vaseline yeah we did like a vaseline like a um anti uh microbial like yeah. vaseline thing and then uh to see if like it comes back up to the surface and it's like <laughs> it's so gross dude the poor little dog is just like you Did that know, just happen or you guys do yeah, it? just happened. So you're in the middle of it right now. I have no idea. It, Hold but, on. but I'm like, it's so creepy because I thought Botfly was like a, a South American. Yeah, they have them here. Crazy shit. Yeah, just for animals, though, apparently. Like, uh, like they, that. I, I guess the kind of Botfly it is, it doesn't um, attach itself to human. And so, according to the internet, we'll see. Like, I don't know. Oh, that's gross. Yeah, that's interesting. I mean, that's what a, a common bite puncture hole will look like too though like i so i remember when uh my sister's dog uh bit bentley was bentley or mozzie and that that tooth you know that canine mm -hmm. tooth they they get a good latch on the back yeah. of the neck like that it'll go like you know it'll go pretty deep that's, that's what i thought but like the kids said that they saw a little white 
uh, oh, in there. And oh, was, interesting. I didn't know if it was maybe like the fat because fat would be yeah. Wet, right? I oh, even, Doug, pull up. A either box. way, it was I creepy, dude. No, I don't do that. Why not? Bob flies are horrible. I, I've uh, never even bro, seen Bro, the ones that get in humans, ooh. I didn't, even know that, larva coming I didn't out even know that was a thing. I actually didn't know that was a thing. Bro, it's like a oh, horror movie. Ugh. Yeah, it's it's worse than a lot of the other parasites and tapeworms and all that kind of stuff. Oh, yeah. I got it. You guys want to yeah. hear it? Oh, yeah, there you go. Oh, God. We Wait, are looking at this. Look at the larva coming out of the skin. <laughs> what the <laughs> hell? Why? Wow. That's just, disgusting. Just, just eating you as a buffet. You guys want to hear? Uh, so you just remind me of a, a true story. That's disgusting. I'm going to have to tell you now. Okay. Yeah. All right. So my grandfather, uh, obviously, you know, very poor. At one point, he left Sicily, went to Venezuela to work in Venezuela because there was work there, and he would send money back to my grandmother. Okay. But he lived in like very terrible conditions. Okay. Dirt floor, you know, place. He was working in a tire shop, trying to make money. He lived, I mean, he told me when he would go to bed, he would, he had like one comforter or whatever. He'd shake it because cockroaches would come off of it. And you tell me all this stuff, right? Yeah. Well, at one point, this is, this is what he told me. This is my grandfather told me. This. He says at one point he was losing weight and he said, oh, I got, I must have parasites. So he drank some gasoline. What? <laughs> this is what he did. This was, he thought would, and it worked. And he, what? He told me the story of how he drank gasoline and past the parasites he goes oh and he's explained to me what it looked like oh it's a big long and it came out and this and that oh my and he's laughing God, telling the what? story yeah yeah dude holy shit actually in fact I've never in, heard of anyone in fact this was one of his favorite stories to tell people <laughs> <laughs> of how, of yeah, how he drank a worked, little gasoline but yeah <laughs> to kill the, to kill I mean, the that probably would work would that work Doug, look up drinking gasoline yeah, to kill dude, parasites. yeah like the toxic but he toxic tells chemicals coming out i mean there's got to be there's got to be i mean uh you you've ever you've ever siphoned gas from one car never you get a little oh you've never done that before no. oh i've done that before i've done that before yeah. Yeah. So was it to steal also, gas or was no, it to no, 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 yeah there's no way you can you, get a little bit in your mouth you know yeah you get you, you get definitely a little what does it bit taste like yeah. gasoline yeah oh it tastes like it smells yeah yeah super chemically that's like it's cancer causing yeah exactly oh good job guys yeah, well, <laughs> yeah. Does it say anything, Doug, I about break, drinking gas and a lot of killing parasites? Is that like an yeah, old? Yeah, I'm looking too? for it. Um, not seeing. Yeah, I mean, like, what would? Like, I'm trying to think. Like, what would make you think to do that? Like, I don't know if it was like a thing in the poor because it's a third. You know, third. That's war, what I'm wondering. I'm I like, heard some weird thing like too is the uh, the tapeworm. Like they had like a bowl of sugar or something, and you're like uh, to make it come out. Yeah, to make it come out and like it work, and then they come out of your mouth and like Ooh. what? Yes. Yes. I, I heard that the Disgusting. other Disgusting. I've heard that with the other end. Oh, no. Yes. You sit, in a, sit in a bowl of sugar? <laughs> no. You, 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 <laughs> what are you doing, John? You just wait. Just, just, just give just it wait. time. Do you know what? You know what? You know what? You know what will do that? It's feasting right now. You know what will make you pass them? Uh, uh, pumpkin <coughs> seeds. Hmm. Pumpkin seeds don't kill parasites, but they paralyze them. Huh. So if you eat a bunch of pumpkin seeds, that they'll get paralyzed, and then you'll pass them. Because they're not latching well, on. Thankfully, to. it's pumpkin season, so I'll be, I'll be <laughs> doing that. that just in case. Disgusting. I'm like, dude, I, love I bought seeds. flies on my property. I'm like really like nervous about. That. I know it's like you got to call a dis uh, exterminator. Yeah, but there's like can they exterminate? Bot I don't flies? even know what it looks like. They're like huge, I guess. Yeah, I mean, there's been a few that have. Yeah, I mean, the pictures that Doug pulled, it's hard, but it would. I wouldn't be able to tell the difference between a, a regular fly and that fly. If yeah, it flew by you, or it just maybe like, like where? It's, yeah, I don't know. I can see Justin just going it. ape shit now. I mean, uh, hopefully, I kill I mean, everything. I, I'm I'm guessing it was a bite. I mean, I think the bot fly thing is a is a. Crazy, we'll know later. Yeah, no, give it up. No, no, you will. You will know later based off of what happened. Yeah, I would say the chances are probably higher that. You see, it's bite. on the back of the neck too. 
Yeah. Like it's like a common place oh, a dog would bite yeah, a dog yeah, too. Yeah, it's like you know? a little bit. <laughs> look, look what it says Lower here. the neck. Symptoms of ingestion of intoxication by ingestion of gasoline can range from vomiting, vertigo, drowsiness, confusion, loss of consciousness, convulsions, hemorrhaging of the lungs and internal organs, and death due to circulatory failure. Ooh. Hey, listen. in other words, don't do it. Let, yeah. uh, do not listen to this. <laughs> Although I will say this. I mean, either you or the parasite. My grandfather figured this out. If it don't oh kill me, God. it's going to kill us. <laughs> Almost as good as the, the drinks and Hey, this is a good transition advice. to uh, Butcher Box. Anyway. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> hey, you know what they're doing right now? What? It's, that, it's, it's Thanksgiving. They're giving away. Oh, they're giving away So Butcher Box gives away a turkey <laughs> with every box when you sign up uh, with them this month. So you'll get a free, yeah. a free big turkey. And I think we're going to do a giveaway too. Is that what we're doing, Andrew? We're going to do a giveaway also to our, okay, to our Instagram followers. Oh, I didn't know that. We're going to give away a, a box with a turkey. Okay, so wait, 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 hold on. So they do that anyways. Yes. And then we're, we're going to have a winner. We're going to give We're going to have to do one ourselves. How are we doing? Are we doing like a post, Andrew? Or do you know? I feel like no one told me this. I yeah, normally know this It's probably going to be a post on our IG. Yeah, we're going to be doing a giveaway with ButcherBox. Okay, yeah. okay. So, but I mean, is it going to be like a, a it's post a on Instagram? Okay, so Chokey's Chokey will post it, and this probably when this episode yeah. goes live, I'm assuming. Okay. Yeah. Are you guys who's are you going to fry it again? Do the deep fry? We normally do both, right? The deep fried turkey is I'm oh, a, it's I'm delicious. A, oh, it's so it's the only way it's like still kind of juicy. Yeah, yeah, I'm yeah, not a big fan of turkey. We're, be we'll be up in Truckee with Katrina's family, like we did before, and they they her brother Larry normally cooks the turkey, and then I normally deep fry the turkey. So we normally have both, is what we mm. like. Mm. And the family's big enough that we could obviously. Eat. I look, the best part for me for deep frying is it's easy and it's short. Don't even take How long that, does it take? Only a couple hours, dude. Doesn't take that long at all. You got to be really careful with the way you put it in, right? Oh yeah, yeah. You got to be definitely careful when the way you all, the, all those videos online. Scared shit. But I mean, the the ones they have nowadays, like if you do it like old school, where you, all you had was the big, you know, uh, the pan. pot. Yeah, but now they they make them for literally deep frying turkeys, oh. and so there's like a there's an oil line that you pour to, and like you, like you Is know, it like hanging on chains, like coming. It down has or? a basket, so it, it sits in a basket that has hooks. Uh -huh. So and you and then you it actually has these these tong things that hook to that and oh, so okay. you you lower it in and it sets right in and if you filled the oil up right where it's supposed to then it you're fine yeah. yeah it's yeah. totally okay. where it used to where you hear all those horror stories is the they just had a pot yeah they had those big tall uh, stainless steel pots and then they, you just eyeball what you put in there and you think there's <laughs> and, and, it, and then it's over. over an open flame yeah and then they drop it in and then it goes over catches and then it goes like crazy where yeah. this is an electric one so you. So you have electric. You don't have an open flame. Mm. You have oil lines. It's all it has a basket, and so it's you know okay. it's not. I mean, I was definitely the very first time I did. I was all paranoid because of all the horror stories you hear yeah. about people burning their house down and stuff. Yeah, but it's, it's well, fire department every year releases videos of it, so you'll go online. It's a, it's like a top. It's a top reason yeah. for a fire around well, this time, I believe. I think there's it's, some frivolous people out there. We've seen the gender reveal parties, so you know. Oh god, it's one. Of, get, it's one of the number one reasons I think of of fires at this time is from uh, from frying the, a turkey. Yeah, maybe Doug could look at the stats on. I know I've seen it before. It's crazy. So. Um, no, I know, I know, but like I said, it's, it's the, the ones they have now are pretty sophisticated. Butcher box also is doing thick cut states, steaks, Doug said. So yeah. they're now also offering mm. that. Well, what's the, what's the I number? Like yeah. Cooking more cooking fires on Thanksgiving day than any other day of the year. Yeah. Yeah. Mm -hmm. See fire departments respond more to a thousand fires. You know, a thousand though, all across America is not that much. No. Yeah, Everybody needs to relax. I know. I, I literally thought it was a bigger problem. 
Yeah. But that's a thousand due to the deep fryers. Yeah. So okay. that's a thousand preventable. Yeah, but fires. how many houses are in America? Yeah. I know, but a still, thousand extra? there's a thousand people who've burned down their house. I know, over Doug. Turkey. I'm not trying to be insensitive. <laughs> I know someone listening is like, I lost my, I lost my Mima. Yeah. <laughs> this is a turkey fire. Of I mean, like I said, at this point, they make them. They're so like you're, you're, you're kind of being a numb nuts if you if you fuck it up now. You know what I'm saying? Like it's kind of Darwin awards that. And you should do it outside, right? I mean, that's what we used to like when we used to do it in in Pismo. We used to do it out in the sand. You know oh yeah, so who cares? Yeah, yeah, you know, it splashes over you. I mean, the worst thing is burn down your shit. That you got right there, but you're on the sand. Sorry, if you like your you like your charboiled uh, turkey, it's okay. <laughs> I got an update on the butcher box. Yes. Oh, let me hear it. At the time that this releases, the the giveaway will be tomorrow, Friday. Oh, perfect Friday. timing. November the third. Okay, perfect timing. Cool, Get on cool. Instagram and hey, hey, check it out. Hey. Excellent. There you go. There you go. I got to tell you guys something crazy about the. You guys know the updates on the ketamine therapy. The whole oh, process. Yeah, yeah. Did you have it what yesterday? No. So this was with Jess. So Jessica's doing it as well, and I haven't been sharing her process because it's private. But she told me. She had such a profound um, experience. She told me she wants me to share this. That's the only reason why I'm doing this, because otherwise I think it's very private and I wouldn't, I would only talk about myself. But anyway, so she's been doing this with me and um, she had uh, a session. And so when she was younger, she, as an adolescent, I believe she was 12, she had a really traumatic experience happen. She got uh, sexually assaulted. Mm -hmm. And she's, she, again, she gave me permission to say this. And since then, she has thought that she's dealt with it. She's talked with people about it, processed it. <clears throat> she's told the story to many people. She's not, you know, if she meets somebody that has had um, something like that happen, she'll bring it up and yeah. do the whole thing. She literally thought that that was, yeah, it sucked. It was traumatic, but it's not affecting her anymore or like, like it actually was. Well, anyway, she did the, she's been doing the ketamine therapy and she came home that day and her and I had a date night. We're hanging out and, you know, I, 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 she, I could tell something was, you know, she was processing or whatever. <coughs> and we get home and uh, things got a little intense just because of the date. And we had some intense conversations. And then uh, she said, it's not you, it's me. And I'm like, it's me. She's like, it's me. And then she had this visceral reaction in her body where like she just let it out like this, this uh, where her, her legs were kind of shaking and she just, just let everything out and cried and felt it all and whatever. And it was like, you know, we're, I was with her for like an hour through this process. And afterwards she goes, and she said this, she said this thing that I thought was fascinating. You ever tell a lie so many times that you think it's the truth? Yeah. Right? Okay. She said she told the truth so many times it turned into a lie. In other words, she had told this story so many times that she was like numb to it at that point. Her, her association to the story or to what happened was her telling the story. Hmm. Wasn't the event. Hmm. She's like, I didn't realize that it was still pulling the strings, that it was still driving some of my behaviors. She said it was so painful. It was such a, a terrible event because there's more of the story that I won't share, but she had buried it so much that she did not allow herself to truly feel the, the power, the depth of it. Because at that age, at any age, but especially at that age, uh, your body protects you. And so it only allows you to process what you can and then that's it. And then you get along with life. You got to go to school. You got to go to work. You got to <clears throat> do all these things. She's like, I didn't realize that it was still in there that way. And she went through, and it's like, since that day, which is not that long, it was only a few, like, was it less than a week ago, uh, she's been very different. Interesting. Interesting. Yes. Mm. And so she's like, you need to share this because- 
I don't think that would have happened had I not done this therapy. And I guess her body felt safe. Now, here's what's interesting. Leading up to that, she was having all these vivid memories in previous sessions that she thought were unrelated and not connected. And you ever do this where you look back and you go, oh, <coughs> all of those things are connected to this. Hmm. So she had all these memories and she's like, and I remember she'd come home and be like, it's so weird. I vividly remember this thing that happened and this thing that happened. I don't know why this is important. And you know, the therapist told her, if you're bringing it up, if it's coming up, it's important. We just don't know why yet type of deal. Well, the reason why those were so important is because it was telling her that, because those things that she remembered were also stories that she had told. But in, through the therapy sessions, she was there. Like there's one event she had where there was this kid and there was this thing that happened. And she's like, Sal, it was really weird. I'm in there. And I remember how the table felt while I was talking to him. And I remember how the weather was and the <laughs> way crazy. my clothing felt. So it was like her body was telling her, y yeah, you know the story, but your connections to the story, not to the feeling of what actually happened when you were there. So since she looked back, she's like, holy shit, all that led up to this big, really insane, really insane. Now, and you, you know how they say you store things in your solar plexus? Yeah. Mm -hmm. That's, she's like, it was this uncontrollable, like, like kind of shaking. There's something called traumatic release exercises, I think they're called that simulates this and they'll do this for therapy where you'll simulate this with your psoas muscle, mm. get your body to shake. And what it does, it tells your body that it's safe to then have this feeling. So it's like this backwards way of working towards it. And it's been explained to her many times. And she's like, that's what happened. Literally. I felt this part of my body just shake. And she's like, I let it out. So wild. So now, crazy. You both mm. have, uh, have done this enough times now. Are you making connections to, <clears throat> the way you go in intent wise on how it impacts and makes a difference on the outcome. Yes. Like are, are there, are there things that you're starting to piece together? Like, Oh, when I do this and this, I get a better result or, Oh, I noticed that these are the things I end up seeing. Yes. Or working on. Like, it, more for her than for me. Okay. Um, but she, um, she realized that if she went into it with any kind of stress, it was less effective. Mm. So we started treating the day before and the day of like a sacred time. So like if there was like an argument, calm. if isn't, yeah, I would just, like, no, 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 she's got to go in and feel good. If that meant I got to rub her shoulders before or take the kids or whatever. And it made it uh, much more effective. Because if she went in with any angst or worry or stress, then it definitely made it harder for her to kind of let go and get into that. You that know, makes moment. sense. How crazy though. Yeah. It's so wild. wild. That's wild. Uh, yeah. Because that, that, she's like, I was so unaware. Now but. she, now uh, Jessica, like me, didn't she, she went through therapy and stuff when she was younger, right? Yeah. Did she, yeah so she's actually experienced a lot of different yes. therapies and yes. stuff. So this isn't like she said, go around. And, she's, and she said, and look, this is true. Like we all know this. <clears throat> you ever have an experience where you're like, oh shit. Like I didn't even know to look there. Like there's no way I could have known. Like I, I didn't know that until I knew it. Mm -hmm. Right. It's like, um, Almost like when you have kids, you're like, well, you think you know what it's like. And then you have them. You're like, I had no idea because yeah. there's knowing. And then there's knowing when it's in your body. Now. Yeah, yeah. So she's like, it's not like it was a surprise. She knew what happened. She talked about it with therapists so many right, different right, right. times. It just, you know, it really felt, she really felt at that time. Really hmm. insane. How many of you guys have left? Uh, I'm almost done. I think I have one more okay. and I think she has one more and then that's it. And then, yeah. so the, what is the, like, is it kind of similar? Like when people have like their ayahuasca experiences, the idea is you go through it and then like now going forward, you're just supposed to work on those things. Yes. Like not to keep going. No, no. Although <clears throat> for some people repeated, um, like going back can help depending on what the person's working with. Yeah. But what it does is then it opens things up. And so basically it's the, it's like this. Okay. Imagine you have a movement pattern that you've built over time. 
you walk a particular way or you move a particular way, trying to change that movement pattern re requires somebody pointing it out, holding your body in place, having you move differently. Then you get sore, then it hurts, and then you got to practice it. And you're literally remodeling muscle strength, central nervous system connection to develop a new movement pattern. Yeah. Same thing with the brain. You have this move, this, this, this pattern in your brain and this process breaks it down and then you got to rebuild it. The rebuilding process is what happens afterwards to change the patterns, change the reactions and the way that you, that you act. But I mean, it's crazy stuff. Really, really crazy stuff. I think that these new therapies, ketamine, psilocybin, MDMA, I think this is going to be like a, 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 a revolution in mental health. I really do. And the data is all showing. That. I mean, I hope that, I hope it is. I hope they, cause I, I mean, I've told you, I've had profound things with the MDMA and the psilocybin and stuff like that already that I think that it's, it's unfortunate on how much we've, uh, we've demonized it and we've tried to put regulations on it so much. Crazy. It's like, I know I'm, I'm fearful of that, that the government will intervene and step in. No, they're motivated now because of the, all the soldiers coming back with PTSD and committing suicide. That's what's happening. That's why the government is actually pro moving this direction because uh, it's hurting our ability to wage war, which, you know, how important that is for. That's crazy. Yeah. So I know crazy stuff. Anyway, shout out. Uh, I'd like to shout out um, Chamath Palihapitiya. He's one of the hosts of the All In podcast. He's got a great uh, X um, page or Twitter at Chamath. The guy is very intelligent, very smart, very objective. Um, one of my favorite hosts on that on that show. Paleo Valley makes some of the best supplements around. My favorite is their chocolate bone broth protein. It literally, literally tastes like chocolate donuts. No joke. It's the best tasting, easiest to digest protein I've ever had. They also have an on-the-go meat stick. It's grass-fed beef. It's not dry. It tastes delicious. Anyway, they have other products as well. Go check them out. Get a discount. Go to paleovalley.com forward slash mind pump. Use the code mindpump15 for 15% off. All right, back to the show. First question is from S Fitter one. What does a good full body routine look like three times a week in terms of sets, reps, and exercises? I find my full body workouts last a long time just to make sure I hit everything. Bro, did you pick this? Huh? <laughs> it looks exactly like Matt Santa well, Maybe did you should really look into this? it. Yeah. Well, no, you know what? You know why it's a good question? <laughs> why? Tell me. Because we wrote a bunch of programs that answer well, it. Well, obviously we did. Uh, <laughs> but I think we can give, okay, I know I can give some really good general advice to help somebody come up with a, a good idea of what this would look like, right? Okay. So, all right, three days a week, full body. You're hitting the whole body. There's going to be a range of sets in terms of total volume. And then depending on where you fall within that, then there's exercise selection. So most people, most people will do best doing one exercise per body part, maybe about three sets per exercise. If that's you, which it probably is, I'd say about 70% of people watching, listening, that's going to work best for, then you want to pick a compound lift for most of the exercises until you get to like the small body parts like arms or whatever. So it's going to be like squats or deadlifts, bench, overhead press, rows, that type of deal. Okay. So one exercise per body part, three sets. Now on the other end of the spectrum, on the high volume side, you're looking at three exercises per body part, three sets each. So looking at nine sets and in the middle is six. If you fall within the higher volume range, then you want to do at least one compound lift, if not two, and then an isolation lift to supplement three compound lifts per body part is a lot in a workout for anybody. So the range, the answer is 
three to nine sets per body part, one to three exercises per body part. So how do you know where you fall? Watch how you respond. Do the one that gives you the best results with the least amount of work. That's I mean, the, that's the, the I mean, the... I think the best advice is start at the lowest and work your way up. Yeah. I mean, cause even if you're a, an advanced lifter who thinks they need 15 to 20 sets per, you know, per muscle group a week to see incredible benefits. Uh, many times when I take that person, I, I scale them all the way back. They see tremendous results on the lower. <clears throat> so I always would recommend someone lean towards the lower volume and then slowly slowly add and build up. Yeah. But if you're, I'll, I'll, I'll add more to this, right? If you're consistent and experienced advanced in terms of, uh, how consistent you've been for however long you should live for the most part in the one exercise per body part. And then you should do sprints where you'll do two to three exercises per body part. But I wouldn't do that for more than three to four weeks at a time. And I wouldn't do that more than maybe a couple times a year. This is how I work out for the most part, right? For the most part, I live in three days a week, full body, one exercise per body part. And then I'll do these three to four week sprints where I increase the volume. But for the most part, I live in that space. And that keeps me healthy, fit, and progressing. If I, con if I, if I scale up to, let's say, nine sets per body part per workout, uh, and I try to live there, I will quickly overtrain. And that's coming from someone who's been doing this a long time, is very experienced. Yeah, that's 27. Yeah. That's 27. Yeah, sets. and so I can do sprints like that, but not too long. And so the reason why I'm saying that is people listening will hear you and be like, oh, I progressed to that, and then I stay there. No, no, no. Even if you progress to that, yeah, you still come back. You got you to live in the lower range for the most part for most and Then people. your days in between, active recovery, you want to do these schmigger sessions, <laughs> yeah. you know, like Trigger. something like that that I just came up with. <laughs> Um, you know, that, uh, yeah, <laughs> you want to use some rubber bands and keep it like low to moderate intensity a couple times a day. Yeah. Or I mean, mobility in between and just active in between. Yeah. Sure. I mean, I know, I know like obviously we, but this is the point of like why we, we created these programs and the idea and why we don't do like, we were just talking about this continuity thing before we got on here. Like the idea is to teach and educate people so they don't need us to program forever. But if you have questions like this, like that's, I don't know. I, I just don't understand why that people don't think to like invest in that for the education purpose i mean every every program there there's a program that goes on sale every single month we have the black friday coming up around the corner or test driving we have that uh option on youtube yeah, yeah. and then the if you don't want to spend few, any money yeah. like there's we do uh we'll get first, a lot out of that the Just first five days of, of maps anabolic maps performance i believe maps aesthetic yeah. too is well it's YouTube. interesting because um if I right now talk for five minutes about the value of a new exotic supplement that will give you 1% yeah, more so gains buy that. and it costs a hundred bucks, uh, I would sell more than talking about a workout program. And that's because we, we have disproportionate belief in how effective supplements are and not on effective workout program. What I just said right now is very surface level because then you get into workout programming with reps and tempo exercise selection and order. And then there's individuality Mm -hmm. with the programs. So yes, I gave you a good general answer, um, but you would be very wise to invest in something that's well-programmed. You also would learn all that, Sal, yeah, right. by going through RGB. So if you right. go through anabolic, you go to performance, you go to aesthetic, right. we scale volume in there. We right, right, change right. up exercises in there. There's ones that are higher volume in there. There's an endurance. I mean, there's those three is really like, the, the it's the reason why we wrote them in that order was like, we we figure if most people 
go through those three, the education alone that you're going to get that should equip you to go out and build uh, a, a good routine for yourself forever. So I really think that that's like the foundation. And then if someone is looking for what does it look like to do a body part split? I mean, that's where map split comes in, like that concept. And it doesn't mean you can't make your own. It's just that like, yeah. why, why, why would you not go through that? And then modify only- it and customize it, right. you know, from there. So yeah, just to get a good baseline, I think uh, to understand, cause it's, it's out there. The information is out there. Take advantage of it. Next question is from Sestes20. Should I continue your split program if I've done it three times but still see progress every time, or should I try something new? I mean, if you're still seeing progress, uh, you can continue going, but every program has strengths and weaknesses. Map Split is a great bodybuilding program. Its weakness is going to be in uh, lateral stability and strength. It's going to be in rotation. It's going to be in mobility. So if you always stay on that kind of programming, you'll you'll start to develop the issues that bodybuilders start to develop where they start to have issues with movement or pain, and that can get in the way of your progress. So uh, if you're looking for long-term success, you know, you've already followed split three times. Mm-hmm. Uh, MAPS performance or symmetry would be a great follow-up. But it, it, look, if you're looking for short-term, like I'm going to compete a bodybuilding show in a few months. Okay, well then just train like a bodybuilder. But if your goal is, I want to look good, and I want to do this forever, and I want to keep working out. Um, you got to you got to do all the other stuff because uh, at some point you're going to hit a wall, and then it's hard at that point. Once you hit that wall, and then you got to backtrack, you got to take time off, and that type of stuff. So you know, I I picked this question. I'm glad you went that way too because what I what came to mind when I first read it was wanting to address that, and I don't think we ever talk about this really. Is that you can actually progress and regress at the same time, meaning. You're progressing because I'm getting stronger, but I'm regressing in joint stability yes. and mobility and being able to move laterally or quickly or that's so, not as obvious. So that's pretty deceptive. Right. So it's it's and I and I'm always trying to think about that whenever I'm I'm going through my training routine and I'm like, you know, what what okay, I'm getting better in these areas, but where am I lacking? Like, oh, I've been neglecting explosive training. So even though I'm getting stronger. I also haven't been addressing any sort of reactive explosive training yeah. or yeah. I haven't been doing anything unilateral or I haven't been doing right. anything, you know, in the, the, you know, frontal plane, like, okay, well, so, you know, getting stronger is a very good indication that you got good programming and you're moving in the right direction, but we're always trying to look at all these other things like that uh, encompass you being healthy and mm-hmm. fit all together. And so you technically can be co- progressing in a routine strength wise, but also regressing in something else. Yeah. And I think too, like, uh, I mean, there's nothing wrong with repeating programs and like having sort of a hierarchy. This is my my goal. Like I, I want to kind of stay in this uh, pursuit, but you got to interrupt that. So you got to, you got to address like some deficiencies that may be there. So if it is something that's a little more aesthetic driven, you know, uh, switching that out some with some performance or something to kind of help uh, reinforce the joints is just a consideration that you always need to have. And that could just be, you know, just a month or, you know, two months or so, like a, a program that's going to address that. You come right back, uh, make your progress again. It's just to think a little bit more in the future and as opposed to like, you know, just keep strengthening those same patterns because you're going to, you're going to get a lot stronger still to a certain degree. Uh, but on the other end of that is, is like to Adam's point is like, there's, 
there's the, that balancing look, where if you're, if you're, if you're imbalanced at that point, you're going to have a problem. Look, there's a myth that, um, that, or a lot of people don't under, understand they contribute to each other. So it's like, if, imagine if I'm filling up a big silo full of sand and my goal is to fill it to the top, but there's a hole on the side of it and I'm filling and sand's coming out of the hole. Now, if I stop filling the, the, the silo and I go patch the hole, uh, yeah, I'm not going to be filling it as fast. Obviously, I had to stop filling the sand, uh, filling the silo with sand. But once I patch it and then start filling it again, now I'm going to get there much faster. So working on these things, people tend to think like, well, I'm not going to get to my goals like I, like I could if I stop, if I just continued focusing on them. No, no, no. They contribute to each other. All the stuff we're talking about will lead you to better results Don't regardless. your goal even further. That's right. Yeah. Regardless of what your goals are. So you want to look really aesthetic, avoiding um, training in different planes of motion will at some point hamper your aesthetics. Well, the, the reverse is true of what I said too. You can also be progressing and then regressing also. So that's okay that, uh, or you can be regressing and then also pro progressing in other areas. So, you might see, uh, if I all of a sudden go, and this happened to me, right? So I was training heavy, 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 getting strong, strong, strong. And I was like, man, I've been really neglecting mobility. Now I'm going to go on this hardcore mobility kick. And then if I were to be on this hardcore mobility kick, say for a month, and then I went and just tested my max squat, I might actually see that, oh, I, I, can't, oh, I can't do the 315 on the bar. But I also recognize that, wow, I'm getting three more inches right. in depth in my squat. So even though it looks like I'm regressing, uh, because I'm I'm not as strong as what I was before when I was doing that barbell squat. The fact that I've been able to get a greater range of of motion, and I know I've progressed in the mobility department, I'm I'm actually still progressing. So it's yeah, it's more well, nuanced than just a direct. Oh, I'm getting stronger, therefore right. it's working. It, it, this is where I used to get in arguments with some of the strength coaches that I used to work with and things because they would stick with like a very specific. Um, you know, strength program that they would repeat all over and over and over. And inevitably it would become, it'd come to the point where they would start using aids to, to support joints. And so, you know, you have to look at that now as like, well, now you're replacing the actual function that, you know, you're supposed to be able to provide intrinsically uh, to be able to support and, and have strength around your right. joints. You're, you're replacing that with, with an external um, a device. Next question is from Kate. Could you go a little deeper into why you and Jordan Syatt do not recommend combination exercises when it comes to weight training? Tell me you're a brand new trainer without telling me you're a brand new trainer. I know. Well, for, let's be, let's be, <laughs> wait, are they, cause I just posted on um, the subscription model, like, and he kind of had like a fun, we had a fun little video where yeah. we were jabbing at that with comboing lateral lunge and, and, and uh, that's definitely know, where this comes race. from. Yeah. yeah. So this was a, I picked this question because this was a subscriber. Mm. And I figured that she was referring to the content that you yeah. and him uh, recently created. But I also thought this is a, a fun discussion because I don't know the last time someone has asked us specifically, like, why are we not a fan of that? And I know I opened it with the joke of like, tell me you're a new trainer without telling me you're a new trainer. But that's like a, a so easy sign. If I walk in a gym and I see a trainer training a client and they're doing lunges to bicep curl to shoulder presses, like right away, I I know their level of understanding on strength training is at the you know, as, at the base level. So okay, so because let's get more specific, yeah. right? Because some exercises look like combination exercises, like a Turkish getup. That looks like a combination exercise, or a clean and press. Isn't that a combination exercise? It's a lot more complex uh, than that. Now, now the root of all the crappy 
combination exercises is group exercise. Mm -hmm. 100% of all the shitty combination exercises, the one you listed right now, squat to curl to overhead press, originated in a group X class yeah. where they were Some trying kind to get- kind of circuit they were doing. They were trying to get creative and they're trying to keep people moving and getting them to sweat and whatever. Yeah, the goal to burn as many right. calories as they can. Right. There's value in some combination exercises, but they have to be applied appropriately and properly and programmed well. Um, but you're you're, there's always a, 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 a give and take. Like a Turkish getup is great on working on overall stability, on working on some mobility, um, but it's not a great like muscle builder. You're not going to build lots of, like strength, but it's going to give you some great stability. Some exercises that are combination exercises are just terrible because the combination of them doesn't make any sense. A squat to curl to overhead press, you're severely limited by the amount of weight that you can curl, which means you're not gonna be able to do much else with, uh, with the exercise, right? That's just one example. So I would say for the most part, stick to exercises that have existed for a while <laughs> that are more traditional, mm -hmm. focus on building a base of strength. And then when you want to get complex with your exercises, do it with a coach or somebody who knows how to apply them. Otherwise, you're compromising your progress for sure. You take a, a barbell squat, which is so amazing, and now you combine it with something else. What you've done is you've taken a squat and made it far less effective is essentially. Well, to your point about, okay, okay, a lunge to curl to press is what I said, right? Yeah. You, uh, I don't care how strong uh, you are, uh, to lunge uh, something, uh, to lunge uh, a, a dumbbells that you're going to curl them press. What are you, I mean, if you're, even if you're really strong, what are you doing? 30 pound dumbbells? Yeah. May, and maybe if you're a female, probably something like 15 to 20 pound dumbbells, maybe. Yeah. If I just had you lunging and I loaded that, I, I've, I've had the female clients, yeah. I have, I've had female clients doing walking lunges with 135, 135 pounds versus mm -hmm. 25 pound dumbbells. The amount of gains that she's going to get doing that right. barbell lunge with 135 in comparison to the lunge, the bicep curl, the shoulder press exercise you're doing is not even in the same universe. Like it's not even 135 barbell lunges to dumbbell 25 yeah. pound lunge to curl the presses. Yeah. Like the amount of lean body mass, lean muscle that that client potentially will build from that heavy loaded uh, lunge trumps all three of those movements. You know, yeah, the, you, well, it, I mean, this gets confusing. Yes. You know, and because like too, with athletic uh, pursuits and when you get to like pinnacle of training, like the complexities increase. Totally. Uh, and so like Olympic lifting, you know, you kind of mentioned like, you know, like some of these where they do combo, uh, you know, ripping the bar up from the ground and then we're going to bring it up overhead. And yep. there's a whole process to that. But, um, you know, it the baseline in terms of like why we, we to, to get to that pinnacle point, like you have to have a really good base of foundation of strength. And, and so there's some, there's some exercises that just don't really combo well together. And so that's what we see in terms of like a lot of the circuit training and, and a lot of these group fitness classes is it's pretty aimless in terms of like how they're kind of mashing these together. Uh, it, it's not necessarily focused on, uh, trying to, to pursue some kind of like accelerated athletic move, which with now we're loading that, uh, it's it, for the most part, it's just trying to burn calories. I, this is I why also don't think Olympic lifting even goes into this conversation because Olympic lift, lifting is treated like singles too. Yeah. You, you do a rep, you, you don't do it. 
12 well, reps of of a, of a exactly. clean and jerk. Well, again, why yeah. we have a problem with that yeah, terrible it's not program. Fatigue. Yeah, well, exactly. It's not designed to be treated that this way. This is why it could get so confusing for people with strength training because to the average person, they would look at some exercise and say, but that looks like a combination. I thought complex movements were good. I thought compound movements were good. Wait, isolation... Mm -hmm is not as good as, wait, hold on. This doesn't make sense to me. So here's what I'll say to somebody, okay? I could invent a hundred different ways to punch someone in the face. Or I could look at the wisdom of boxing, which has been around for hundreds of years and has identified four, I think, what is it? A straight, a, a, a straight, a hook, a jab, a jab a hook, and uppercut. And a cross, like, they've identified like four punches that are effective. And any other weird combination that I can come up with and try and invent it's not going to be nearly as effective because they've tested them all. So yeah. if the exercise has existed for a long time, has been trained, exists within exercise workout programming, is used by strength coaches, those are probably the ones you want to focus on. And of course, there's more to that, right? How you program them, put, to get, put them together and all that. For most people listening right now, the basics. Focus on the basics. Yeah. Stop trying to take two or three basics and put them into one exercise. It doesn't work that way. It'd be no different than me going to dinner, but like, wow, that's an incredible steak, pasta, and tiramisu dinner. Yeah. Why don't we blend it all together and eat it and see if, how I enjoy that? No, it doesn't work. It's not tasty anymore, okay? <laughs> there's, there's definitely some science to this, and it is complex. Um, and the reason why I'm saying that is because we could try to explain the intricacies and the, but the average person's gonna, it's gonna be, they're gonna get confused. They're mm -hmm. just gonna get confused. Yeah. I just think, I mean, I don't know why you think that that's confusing the way I said it, which is like if you are doing two or three exercises built into one and one or two of those movements is significantly limiting one of those, that's mm -hmm. a, a clear indicator right sure. there. Like if you yeah, are if doing, you need different weights to to do like yeah. the other half, but you're using the same weight. Well, if you could, thing, if you could lunge, kind of worthless. 135 yeah. pounds, but then you because you're doing a lunge to a curl to a press, you have to grab 20 pound dumbbells. Right. You're significantly limiting not only one of the muscle groups, but the biggest and most important one. So if your goal is fat loss or build muscle you are significantly underperforming. You're significantly robbing yourself by combining those three movements when you'd be far better off just for each one of them as their own single set. Yeah, that's so I can max load the bicep curl. I can max load the overhead press and I can max load the no, lunge. No, that's and generally true. But again, yeah. it's going to get confusing because uh, all complex lifts have a sticking point. Uh, all, complex, all complex lifts are limited by one movement, generally speaking, or one part of the movement. Mm -hmm. So that's what I mean by getting confused because there's going to be some smart people who are getting into this yeah. who are going to take that and then they're going to go, they're going to find exceptions is my point. Yeah, there's going to be some oh, exceptions there's and, there's, yeah. and okay. there's intent too going into the exercise. What 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 are you, what's your intention of uh, like, so if this is about control and this is about like yeah. being explosive and having acceleration, but then being able to bring it back under control and, and balance and stable, that's a different animal then yeah. I'm, I'm trying to I'm, you're not strength training there this is a different thing and so is your point about the turkish get up like i love the turkish get up but i never i don't love it for building metabolism burning body fat or building muscle no. that's yeah. not why yeah. so stability so coordination so all yeah. the exceptions that some smart person might try to find for the rule yeah. is like most people that we're communicating with on this podcast are interested in speeding their metabolism up building muscle or burning body fat mm -hmm. or sculpting their physique 
And if that if you fall under that category, yeah. then what we're saying applies. If you're an exception to the rule, you're an athlete playing yeah. football. Okay, it makes yeah. fucking sense yeah, to do that. You're if you're a CrossFitter who's trying to go to the CrossFit Games, there's an exception to the rule. Yeah, right. You know, so if you have a very specific, you know, issue, okay, well then yeah, there's always there isn't there is a place for maybe combining some exercises here or there. It's just, you but know what it reminds me of? It's like, I remember when I when I was a kid and I did judo or later when I did jujitsu, it's always, it was always the beginners that would try and get creative. Yes, that's why I said And they'd always that. be like, oh, what if mm -hmm. I just did this? Yeah. And the instructor's like, oh, when I was well, in here, trainer, let me show you what happens. Yeah, yeah, let me show you what happens when you get creative. Ah, oh, that hurts, you know? So, uh, you know, listen to the wisdom of the strength training coaches. And if you, if somebody's just mashing exercises together and creating a new one, it's probably not effective. Next question is, from Fitness by Sunny, I recently excuse me. I recently listened to an episode of the Cabral Concept with Dr. Stephen Cabral. He talks about the dangers of eating a high protein diet for longevity, and he advises eating less than twenty percent for overall health and longevity. This concerns me as I have eaten around forty percent of my total intake for about two decades now. Can we please get your thoughts on this? So I would have to listen to specifically what he said, but based off of this question, uh, it's not nearly that simple. Uh, first off, let's back up. Uh, longevity, you want to live a long time. You eat low calorie and low everything, okay? But your quality of life is also going to decline. You're probably going to have less muscle mass. And how is that going to contribute to things like mobility, falls, bone density and or the your, like, or your metabolism. And we have lots of studies that show that, uh, there are studies that show a higher protein diet is better for longevity, especially as you get older, because it contributes to better insulin, better muscle gain yeah. uh, and strength, which is very important. Um, as you get older, um, uh, the problem with high protein diet surveys and studies is they're often high calorie as well and high consumption of heavily processed foods on top of it. So you have mm -hmm. to parse all of that out to really see what's going on. Quality of life contributes to longevity as well. Mm -hmm. This is where it gets really confusing. Why do we have data showing that when people drink a glass of wine a day, they tend to live longer? No, it's not the antioxidants it's in the wine. The you yeah. can get a, you could drink a glass of, of grape juice or blueberry juice and get the same thing, if not more. No, there's nothing special no. about the wine itself, except for the fact that, it's social. Yeah. People who tend to do that, like separate people who drink by themselves versus when they drink with family and friends. And then you'll see a big difference. So longevity is uh, very complex. And also I am not, I don't believe that it's always an equal trade to trade quality of life for longevity. Yeah. Okay. Not eating the birthday cake at my kid's birthday. Is that going to make me live longer? You can make the argument it will, but it's my kid's birthday and I'm going to eat some birthday cake because quality of life is also important to me. Um, so, so this is a much more complex type of deal. The stuff that we know for sure that will contribute to longevity is be strong, be mobile, mm -hmm. have good social network, have some kind of practice that gives you meaning and don't overeat. Um, and don't be exposed to weird chemicals. Obviously. Yeah, I, don't I'm, smoke. Like that's, that's pretty much whatever's it. Whatever's going to keep you active and moving, man. This is extremely nuanced because Okay, the person who un under eats protein less than 20% of their intake, it, there's plenty of studies to prove that that person versus the person who's getting 25 to 30% protein, who's going to build more muscle, 
in a calorie surplus over the course of say a year or two, right? Yeah, or we, be we, leaner, right? Or have so we know that. Fasting glucose. So what happens when someone adds say five to ten pounds of muscle comparing to the other person? So you have one person who is yeah. is in pursuit of nothing but longevity, and this is what the research says around this. So I do that. Then you have the other person who's like, hey, I want to build as much muscle, build my metabolism as fast as I can. Now fast forward two years of both those people on that trajectory, you have one person who can consume potentially. 500 to 700 more calories a day versus the person who is, you know, maybe going to live a, a, a tad bit longer because they've been pursuing this. Who's going to have more metabolic flexibility? Who's more likely to be able to get away with having that piece of cake occasionally That's or right. that glass of wine? So like that, how does that affect quality of life? How does that affect longevity? So there's too many things to, to measure. Now, if you are somebody who says, I, for the last two decades now, have ate 40% a day, you would value, there's value in protein fasting. We've talked about the benefits of that. So if you want to also be really healthy and consider some of the research that supports what he's saying, okay, well then it wouldn't hurt you to occasionally have a, 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 a we talked about this a lot back in, uh, when yeah. we used to talk about vegan days, yeah, right? Where you like, you'd eat mostly vegan, go low protein. Like there's for like a day. Yeah. For like a day. You're not going to, or do a, a 24 to 48 hour fast every That's month. Even better. Yeah. yeah. You want to, you want to reap the benefits of what all these longevity studies support while also building muscle fast for 24 to 48 hours every single month. You're not going to lose a bunch of muscle and your pursuit to build that physique. And at the same time, you're going to reap tremendous benefits when it comes to longevity. So yeah. It's too uh, it's too nuanced to say this or that is the way to live it's, for longevity. Look, it's like uh, it's like exercising only for longevity looks very different than exercising for longevity and enjoyment. Like I definitely lift heavier and pursue muscle growth beyond longevity. That's me personally. Why? I like it. I enjoy it. But I'm also aware of of the trade off. Um, this is true for lots of things that we do in our life. Now, this is not, I'm not saying that this is the case with protein. What I am saying though, is for most people, higher protein intake will contribute to things or, 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 or will tend to contribute to things that help with life quality. More muscle improves your life quality. Mm -hmm. Of course, past a certain point, it might not, but we're not talking about the extremes. I'm talking about natural building muscle, being stronger, being more mobile? How does that make you feel in terms of your confidence? How, that, how does that affect your hormones? Okay, now you're 65, you fell down, less likely to break something or hurt yourself. That's a big uh, risk of death for people as they age. So this, uh, you know, we can, we'll, we can definitely disagree on this. Also, lots of, there's, there's studies that tend to connect growth fact or try to make the connection that promoting growth factors is bad for you because growth factors can promote the growth of tumors. In a pro-cancer state, your body is very different than in a non-cancer state. Meaning, if I have a cancerous tumor, then carbohydrates, proteins, and sometimes even fats will feed that tumor. My diet's going to look very different in that state versus I don't have a tumor, right? If I found out tomorrow that I had uh, a aggressive form of cancer, um, I would eat very little. I would, I would go on a fast for a long time. Now, that's not necessarily what's going to give me longevity when I don't have uh, cancer. Same thing with, you know, for example, you could have estrogen-sensitive cancers and they'll block your estrogen. Do you want to block your estrogen if you don't have that? No, that's not, that, makes, that reduces longevity. Now, why am I saying this? Protein stimulates growth factors. Mammalian target rapamycin is one of them, mTOR. mTOR contributes to muscle gain. mTOR also fuels cell growth. That's a good thing. 
uh-oh, cell growth. What about cancer cells? Well, that's different. Now we're talking about cancer cells. So what they try, you know, testosterone, growth hormone, insulin, like all, all our hormones can drive and cause a disease state to be worse, but in a healthy state, they can make you healthier. So it is extremely nuanced, but we do know, and the data on longevity is, is kind of weird because we have a tough time. Yeah. How do you parse out all the variables? Well, we got you got to look at the commonalities. What we tend to do is we tend to look at a population and go, oh, they eat a lot of this purple vegetable. That's the secret. Oh, they drink wine. That must be it. Oh, they live at high altitudes. That must be it. No, look at the commonalities. Hmm. What do they have in common? They don't overeat generally. They're active for the most part. They've got good social networks. They definitely don't eat a lot of heavily processed foods. Most of the foods they eat are whole and natural. And they have some sort of purpose and meaning. Yeah. And they don't they don't do the obvious stuff like smoke cigarettes, do a lot of drugs work, and that kind of they're stuff. They're working with their body. That's it. I mean, for the most part, it's pretty intuitive once you get in tune with your body and you have a good community around you and you're promoting things that that make you get up out of your chair and want to be active and and enjoy life. It's it's really not that complicated. Yeah. And it's a, this the longevity angle, um, like all angles that get marketed. Um, uh, can become extreme. Like, look, uh, no offense, but I've seen, if you've, if you've ever met some of these longevity experts, okay, <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> they don't look very healthy. Yeah. They look Gaunt, like, like, they look like sunken in, they're dying hair falling be, out. because they're taking it to the extreme. They're like, I only eat 800 calories a day because yeah. I know I don't want to drive any potential this and i take these things that help with autophagy but the real age is 29 yeah but my biological <laughs> age went down and i'm like dude you if i pushed you something would break yeah, yeah. that doesn't yeah. seem like longevity to me or at least not the type of longevity that i'd be looking for so it's much more complicated what i used to communicate to people was do things that uh feel good improve your movement contribute to your quality of life in a healthy way. If you do that, then longevity takes care of itself. If you just focus on the extreme of longevity, then it can get really weird um, and you start to sacrifice those things. Look, if you like the show, head over to mindpumpfree.com and check out some of our guides. We have free fitness guides that can help you with almost any health or fitness goal. You can also find us on Instagram. Justin is at Mind Pump Justin. I'm at Mind Pump Stefano, And Adam is at Mind Pump Adam. Thank you for listening to Mind Pump. If your goal is to build and shape your body, dramatically improve your health and energy, and maximize your overall performance, check out our discounted RGB Super Bundle at mindpumpmedia.com. The RGB Super Bundle includes MAPS Anabolic, MAPS Performance, and MAPS Aesthetic. Nine months of phased expert exercise programming designed by Sal, Adam, and Justin to systematically transform the way your body looks, feels, and performs. With detailed workout blueprints and over 200 videos, the RGB Super Bundle is like having Sal, Adam, and Justin as your own personal trainers, but at a fraction of the price. The RGB Super Bundle has a full 30-day money-back guarantee, and you can get it now plus other valuable free resources at mindpumpmedia.com. If you enjoy this show, please share the love by leaving us a five-star rating and review on iTunes and by introducing Mind Pump to your friends and family. We thank you for your support, and until next time, this is Mind Pump. Mind Pump.